Hey there. So on Sunday, we continued our series looking at the book of Esther, and we were in chapters five and six. And we were looking at Esther's wisdom and Haman's foolishness. The heart of Esther was wise. The heart of Haman was wicked and foolish. And it kind of contrasted those two things. So if you remember, just to recap quickly, basically what had happened is that Esther needed to go to the king and ask him to go against what Haman wanted to do, which was kill all the Jews um, in, the, in the area. And so, so what Esther does is she organizes this great feast um, to kind of please the king, and then she's going to ask him to do some things. Um, so she organizes the feast. Haman comes around. The feast, uh, the, the king and Haman have this feast together. It's all, you know, uh, very party-like, and they have a good time. And then Haman is leaving afterwards, and on his way out, he sees this guy, Mordecai, who is Esther's uncle, and Haman hates Mordecai. And uh, as he leaves, it kind of like ruins his whole, you know, he has a little bit of a temper tantrum about it. Um, it's been growing for a while, this, this hate in his heart, and it's really kind of like coming out now. And so he goes home and he speaks to his wife and his friends and they plot to kill Mordecai the next day. Uh, Haman's got it out for all the Jewish people in, in, in Persia, uh, but Mordecai kind of represents all of those things to him. And so he's going to just, he's going to go straight for Mordecai and take this guy out. Um, so while that's all happening, uh, he's busy plotting to have Mordecai killed the next day uh, and busy assembling the gallows. It turns out that at the palace, the king can't sleep. And uh, so he has one of the attendants bring one of the books of history to him, reads a little bit of history about some things that might have happened uh, in the past in his kingdom. And the, the, the story that he reads, the point at which the book just happens to fall open, is this story about... Uh, a thing that Mordecai did for him, actually, where Mordecai um, uncovered a plot against the king, told uh, the royal officials about it, and they were able to put a stop to it. And, and so the king reads the story again. He's like, have we ever done anything for Mordecai? Did we ever thank him? You know, did we ever send him a fruit basket to say thanks for, thanks for doing this? And the attendants say, well, no, we didn't. Actually, life just kind of carried on. So what are the chances that on the very night that Haman is plotting to kill Mordecai, the king can't sleep and he reads this story about good that Mordecai did to him and he's plotting to honor Mordecai. And uh, so it's this incredible story. So, so you know, the, the, the next morning, um, he's busy thinking through what he can do to honor Mordecai and Haman shows up at the, at the, at the palace um, and he invites him in and he says to Haman, Haman, what should we do for the man for whom the, the king would like to show honor. So Haman in his heart is like, well, that's obviously me. And so he, he comes up with this elaborate plan to basically parade this guy around uh, the, the city, the capital, you know, and proclaim before all the people how great this person is and, and you know, really kind of exalt him before men. And, and then in this, in this really dramatic moment, the king turns around to Haman and says, okay, Haman, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do all those things that you just described for Mordecai. Haman hasn't even had a chance to tell the king, you know, that he wants to have Mordecai killed. And it would be a little bit awkward if he did try to do that now. So it's like this just incredible kind of uh, sequence of events. It just so works out that when Haman is plotting against Mordecai, the king is plotting for his good. And Haman ends up having the task of uh, honoring Mordecai before the people. 
And it's this incredible story of all these loose threads, all this kind of chaos, all this wildness that's going on in the world at that time. And God is able to weave a, a story of his goodness and his redemption through all of, all of it. And the point is that he's showing goodness to all of the people in the story. We see how he's showing goodness to Esther. Esther is going to deliver her people from uh, the, the wickedness of and the wicked plans of, Mord- of, of, of Haman. God is showing goodness to Mordecai. Mordecai is going to go from being a guy just, you know, in the city, Esther's uncle, I guess, to being a royal official. And he's going to be given responsibility and authority and exalted to a position uh, of authority within the Persian uh, Empire through this whole thing. We even saw how God is showing goodness to Haman because what God's doing through this by forcing him to honor the man against whom he was plotting, God is shaking Haman and saying, Haman, stop. Don't go down this path. Don't go down this path of wickedness because it's going to lead only to death and and hurt for yourself. And uh, the thing that I want to talk about today is one other group of people that show up in the story that God is showing goodness to. And God has got a a story, I guess, of redemption, um, you know, for them. Uh, And it it shows up in in verse 13 of chapter 6. We didn't have a minute to read this on Sunday. But uh, this is the point at which Mordecai has returned to the king's gate. Haman has hurried to his house. He's mourning and he's got his head covered because of what he's just had to do to kind of honor Mordecai. And then reading from, from verse 13, and Haman told his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then his wise men and his wife Zeresh said to him, if Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him but will surely fall before him. Now, his wife Zeresh and his wise men, his friends, right? These are the same folks that the night before gave him the advice to have a gallows 50 cubits high made uh, and in the morning tell the king to have Mordecai uh, put to death on them, right? So so they've gone, look at the transformation that they've gone through. They've gone from um, giving him advice that pleases him and pandering to his... Uh, his little insecurity about Mordecai to what they just said to him here, which is, you know, if, if Mordecai for whom you've begun to fall is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but you will surely fall before him. They're warning him. They're saying, stop, careful. They've gone from pandering to him to telling him the truth. They've gone, in fact, from kind of lying to him and just kind of playing up to him and playing with his ego a little bit to being real friends that, that, that tell him the truth about what's going on in his life. And, and, and it's incredible. It's like this tiny little transformation that they've undergone as his friends. And the point of this that, that I want you to see is that whenever God is doing something in your life, it invariably affects the people around you. Whenever God is doing something in the lives of people around you, it invariably affects you in some way. And this is a moment for us as God's people uh, in South Africa in this time, where it's very easy to just look at our world and just look at what's going on for us. But right now, I think this story comes to us at the timeliest moment to say, hold on, what am I doing in the lives of people around you? Look at what's going on over there. I don't want you to just miss uh, the, the, those things. I don't want you to just hunker down and focus on yourself. I want you to focus on the people around you. And so as a church, I think this is a thing that we can really do at the moment. It's not just focus on what God and on, on what's going on for us, but focus on what God's got for us as a community. 
Look at what's happening in the lives of people around us. Look at how God's using some people, how God's helping them, how God's teaching them and see what you can learn from that and see how it can kind of overflow from their lives into your life or perhaps how God's doing something in your life and it can overflow out of that into the lives of people around you.